Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 49. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. Can you believe we're at 49 already? That means that there's only three goops left that there is not a podcast for, but those are coming. And after those three come, I have some ideas, and I've even had some very clever ideas for new goops sent in to me. So if you have an idea for a new goop that you want to see in a story, send it in to me at maria at gooptales.com. So in today's episode, we are going to go into the Black Forest. This is Saratzalot and the Black Forest Polecats, episode 49. And when I was doing research for this story, I found out some really interesting things about the Black Forest. But one of them that I took and brought into the story is that the people of the Black Forest manufactured toys, cuckoo clocks, radios, and musical instruments, and that they've kept these old custom traditions for years and years and years. And I love that because... Not everybody does that anymore. So in any case, you're going to see one of those things brought into the story. I'm going to meet some, um, some polecats along the way and see what happens to Sir Ratzelot. So before we get started, remember you can go to shop.gooptales.com and get a t-shirt with your favorite goop on it. And you can also go to gooptales.com and get volume two of the coloring book as a download. And I also sent it out in an email. So if you're on the email list, you will get that or you should have gotten that as well. So I think that's it before we get started. One more thing. Thank you so much for all the reviews that you leave on iTunes. I read them all and I love getting them. So please do that if you haven't done that already. All right, let's get started with Saratzalot and the Black Forest Polecats. And I will see you on the other side. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a young goop boy called Saratzalot. He was a debonair little fellow that loved to dress like a dandy with a bowler hat and walking cane. He very much enjoyed being called Sir. Sir Ratzelot was quite neat and tidy and always appreciated that quality in others. He often took long whistling walks, swinging his cane about and picking up any wayward trash. He would be sure and tip his bowler hat at any of the goops who passed his way. For the most part, Sir Ratzelot was well-loved by the other goops, but if ever they were a bit naughty, they made sure to steer clear of him. Sir Ratzelot was a tattletale. He loved oh, to tattle so on bad behavior, <laughs> even if it was none of his business. Sir Ratzelot told on Never Share for not sharing toys. He told on bad in school for being naughty at school and hiding the chalk. 
He told on Goblick for eating his cookies before his sandwich. His parents even told him they weren't interested in his tattletaling, but he felt as if he were providing a public service, so he carried on. Sir Ratzelot was very chummy with Messalina because she didn't care about his tattletaling. She was quite tolerant. She would just sing out, Ha <laughs> ha, I know I'm messy, and I love it. I don't care who you tell. Go ahead. Then she would laugh. <laughs> she was so charming and carefree that Sir Ratzelot loved to be around her. He forgot all about being a tattletale, and he loosened up a bit. Messalina always knew when Sir Ratzelot was relaxed, because he would take off his bowler hat and give a little bow and say, Mademoiselle, what a splendid day it is today. This sort of behavior always had Messalina howling with laughter. <laughs> One very blustery fall day, when most of the goops were tucked away inside, Sir Ratzelot decided that he would head off to Messalina's house and see what she was up to. He grabbed his walking cane and placed his bowler hat on his head and set out to Messalina's. The autumn wind was blowing, and Sir Ratzelot had to hold tightly to his bowler to keep it in place. As he walked along, bright red and orange leaves twirled all around him and clung to his clothes. There was something in the air, some sort of strange magic. Everything felt alive and full of energy, but in a very unusual way. Sir Ratzelot picked up his pace and hurried to Messalina's. He was halfway through her front door when the wind whooshed in and shoved him inside, slamming the door behind him. With a plop, Sir Ratzelot landed on his bum right in front of Messalina, who burst out laughing, which made him laugh too. Messalina, I have to say, you always make me smile, he said as he looked up at her. <laughs> Come along with me and look what I made, laughed Messalina as she turned and ran to her playroom. Messalina's playroom was an enchanting room. The walls were painted like a forest with tall trees, sparkling sunlight, a pond full of lily pads, and tiny forest animals hidden all throughout. Every time Sir Ratzelot went to Messalina's playroom, he felt like he was on the edge of an adventure, and this time was no different. Messalina had built a little fort right in the middle of the room. She used her building blocks to build tiny walls and then draped blankets over all the blocks, leaving a little opening to crawl inside. Oh, Messalina, did you make this? gasped Sir Ratzelot as he admired the fort. I did. Isn't it marvelous? Come inside, she answered. Messalina pulled back a blanket to open the fort door. Isn't that Carolessa's blanket? asked Sir Ratzelot as he looked at the familiar bright pink blanket that Caroless loved to drag around. Oh, it is hers, but she left it here? 
You know how careless she is, so I'm using it for my fort, laughed Messalina. Despite wanting to play in the fort, Sir couldn't resist his urge to tattletale. I'm going to find your mother and tell, he said as he turned to leave the fort. As you like, sang out Messalina, who was too busy stacking blocks in her fort to be bothered. Sir crawled out into the playroom and grabbed his cane and bowler hat and was just about to head out the door when a long tree branch reached out from the playroom wall and swept him up and straight into the painted forest. Stop! What is happening? He cried out. Messalina popped out from her fort in just enough time to see Sir Ratzelot's bowler hat disappear into her forest wall. Chapter 2 Sir Ratzelot could feel a force twisting around his cane. He was unable to resist as he was pulled into the forest on Messalina's playroom wall. A giant hole quickly opened and closed, and he was sucked right in. There was a big squeeze all around him, and then he was spit out. Sir Ratzelot was spinning through the air. He grasped his bowler and his cane as he landed on a patch of grass with a tiny thump. Where am I? He asked aloud as he stood up, adjusted his bowler, and looked around at a circle of dark trees surrounding him. The Black Forest? Um, everyone knows that? Responded a saucy little voice. Sir Ratzelot looked down to see a small animal with three white stripes across his face. He was so caught off guard that he stepped back several steps and said, Skunk, beware, I have a cane, and I won't hesitate to use it if you come any closer. As he held up his cane like a knight about to enter a jousting match. Bah, you are being absurd. You don't even know the difference between a skunk and a badger. No wonder you don't know where you are, laughed the friendly badger. Oh, oh, I dare say I have made a mistake. You are a badger indeed. I have just never met one in person. I didn't mean to insult you by calling you a skunk, replied Sir Ratzelot, as he began to relax a little. Well. No offense taken, but uh, I'm not sure how a skunk may feel about that, but we will leave them out of it. There aren't any in the Black Forest that I know of, quipped the badger. And my name is Dax, and uh, who might you be? asked Dax as he cocked his head and looked up at Sir Ratzelot. Sir Ratzelot the Goop, Sir Ratzelot said with pride as he stood up even straighter. I see, I see, a a goop, huh? Well, I am not sure that the Black Forest is the place for you. And why might that be? inquired Sir Ratzelot. Dax went on to explain that they were in the Black Forest of Germany, 
a very magical place inhabited by all sorts of animals who lived quite well together. He also told him that the people of the Black Forest manufactured toys and cuckoo clocks following the old customs and traditions. There was a huge demand for cuckoo clocks. One of the old clockmakers, Herr Boss, which meant Mr. Nasty, wanted to make his clocks unique, so he hired the forest polecats to capture any small and unusual forest visitors and freeze them for eternity. Then he popped them into his cuckoo clocks. What? Yelped Sir Ratzelot before Dax could finish speaking. This can't be. I will not be frozen and placed in a cuckoo clock forever. I hope not, replied Dax. That is why I am telling you I don't think the Black Forest is the place for you. There was a small kitten that wandered into the Black Forest about a month ago. She is now permanently installed in a cuckoo clock. You are quite right. This is probably not the place for me. I think I should tell someone about this. Herbos, said Sir Ratzelot, who was unable to suppress his urge to tattletale. If I were you, I wouldn't worry about telling on Herbos, <laughs> laughed Dax. I would find a friendly tannenbaum which is a fir tree, and ask him if you can melt into him and back to Goop World, and I would avoid the polecats at all costs. Sir Ratzelot could feel his heart rate rise as he made a mental list. One, find a friendly tannenbaum. Two, avoid polecats. He wasn't sure how to do either one of these things. He didn't even know what a polecat looked like. Dax froze in high alert as he heard a rustling in the bushes, followed by a high-pitched squeaking sound. They're here, the polecats. They found you sooner than I thought, Dax said as he looked around. Quick, follow me. But it was too late. Dax turned and saw the top of Sir Ratzelot's bowler vanish into the dark forest. The polecats had him. Chapter 3 Sir Ratzelot could feel himself being dragged over the soft forest earth. The polecats had him by the feet and were moving at a fast pace through the underbrush. Sir Ratzelot started to panic. How would he ever find his way out? Or worse yet, what if the polecats froze him for eternity and put him in a cuckoo clock before he even had a chance to escape? He could feel his mind spinning out of control. And then he remembered what his mother always told him when he panicked. She would tell him to take 10 deep breaths and then take action. Sir Ratzelot didn't think he had time for ten deep breaths, so instead he took five deep breaths, in and out. He could feel his mind settling down 
And then an idea popped into his head. He took his cane and pressed the tip of it against the ground, so it dragged along behind him. He wanted to leave a path in the forest with the hope that Dax could follow it and find him. Sir Ratzelot was on his back, and as he held on to his dragging cane, he looked up into the forest trees for markers that he could remember. But all he saw were dark trees towering above him. They all looked the same. As his eyes adjusted to the darkness, Sir Ratzelot began to see more clearly. High up in one tree, he saw an owl who looked down at him and widened his eyes. Sir Ratzelot stared up at the owl and widened his own eyes, and then he mouthed the words, Help me. The owl tilted his head a tiny bit, and then he was out of sight. Sir Ratzelot closed his eyes and tried not to cry. He wondered if the owl even saw him. When he opened them again, he saw Tannenbaum all around. These were the fir trees that Dax had told him about. Sir Ratzelot could feel hope growing in his heart. Maybe he did have a chance after all. He just needed a friendly Tannenbaum. Just as quickly as his hope rose, he could feel it slip away as he felt himself being pulled down a long, dark, underground tunnel. The polecats dragged Sir Ratzelot, his bowler, and his cane deep into their den, and then they finally stopped. They let him go and then hovered in the corner to have a secret polecat meeting. Sir Ratzelot could hear them whispering as he cautiously peered around, looking for the entry to the tunnel. He counted four polecats. Four against one. These aren't good odds, Sir Ratzelot thought to himself. Okay, you stay here and guard him. We'll be back. Don't let him move, said one of the polecats as he spoke to the smallest one of the group. This would be the one left behind to guard Sir Ratzelot as the rest went off to search for more cuckoo clock prey in the Black Forest. Sir Ratzelot lay perfectly still. He pretended his eyes were closed as he peered out just a tiny bit. The small polecat lay down, blocking the entryway. He seemed exhausted. Chimed an alarmingly loud cuckoo clock. Sir Ratzelot jumped up and stared at a cuckoo clock that was hanging above him. A beautiful pink butterfly was moving in and out of the chiming clock. Oh my, they even turned a butterfly into a cuckoo clock. That can't be my fate, thought Sir Ratzelot to himself. The small polecat hopped up and stood in front of the entryway, blocking it. Then he turned to Sir Ratzelot, and as if he was reading his mind, said, You're next. Your fate is sealed. Then he let out an evil chuckle that sent chills down Sir Ratzelot's spine. (laughs) 
Chapter 4 The chuckle of the polecat reverberated down through the tunnel and out into the forest, where a very watchful owl named Yuli was listening. Yuli had seen Sir Ratzelot being dragged by the polecats earlier in the evening, and she was on full alert. Her hearing was excellent, like all owls, and she could hear what many other animals could not. As she heard the muffled laugh of the polecat, her head turned 180 degrees as she tracked the sound. Another gift that Yuli had was 14 vertebrae in her neck, which allowed her excellent range of movement. Yuli determined where the sound was coming from and silently flew in that direction. Meanwhile, in another part of the forest, Dax had picked up the tracks that Sir Ratzelot had left behind. He was following them, but he was scared. It was getting dark, and he was alone. What if the polecats decided to capture him? He didn't like the situation, but he couldn't leave Sir Ratzelot to be turned into a cuckoo clock forever. Sir Ratzelot knew his best chance for escape was before the other polecats returned. Mr. Polecat, might I implore you to let me pass through the tunnel and go back into the forest? He asked. Now why would I do that? We will get a wonderful prize from you, from Herbos, snapped back the polecat. Before Sir Ratzelot could answer, a low whistle came from the tunnel. The polecat turned his head and looked up the entry, but it was completely dark. He gave a whistle back and waited. Then he heard two short whistles. This was the signal he was waiting for. It was time to take Sir Ratzelot up the tunnel where the rest of the polecats would be waiting. They would take him to Herbos to be turned into a cuckoo clock. Well, you will get your wish after all. It is time for both of us to go up to the tunnel where the rest of my gang will be waiting for us. I'm sure they negotiated a hefty price for you from Herbos, purred the polecat. He pushed Sir Ratzelot to the entry and said, Get going. I will be right behind you, and the others will meet you at the top. So don't get any tricky ideas about escaping. Sir Ratzelot was grateful to be getting out of the underground polecat den, but he was petrified about what awaited him above ground in the black forest. As they moved through the tunnel, Sir Ratzelot could feel his heart beating faster. He poked his cane out into the forest and immediately felt himself being pulled through the tunnel opening and dragged behind a nearby tree. He felt a furry paw go over his mouth and whisper, Shh! Then he listened as the polecat popped up through the tunnel and gasped, Where are you? Where is everyone? What is going on? Sir Ratzelot hardly dared to breathe as the furry paw stayed put over his mouth. 
Then he heard a voice that seemed to be hovering in the air above. You will not be taking anyone captivity, now or ever again, my little polecat. And if you do, well, if you do, just consider yourself an owl dinner. Instead, you will be my informant. No one wants to be turned into a cuckoo clock, and I won't stand for this anymore in the Black Forest. You will send me a signal whenever the polecats have made a capture, and you will help me release him. The small polecat stared up at Yuli the owl, hovering inches above him. Okay, he squeaked. He was terrified. Owls were strong and silent, and he knew that Yuli could take him in one swoop. Behind the tree, Dax finally released Sir Ratzelot and said, Sorry about that. It was the only way. We had to keep you quiet. I teamed up with Yuli thanks to your tracks and Yuli's eagle eye. Sir Ratzelot started to cry. They were tears of relief and happiness. He thought he was just moments away from being stuck in a cuckoo clock forever and never seeing his goop friends again. Come quickly. There are Tannenbaum nearby, and we will find one that is friendly. We need to get you out of here before the rest of the polecats come back. Sir Ratzelot followed Dax to a nearby Tannenbaum grove. He went to one and leaned against it and waited for it to swoop him up. Nothing happened, so he chose another one, and still nothing happened. Sir Ratzelot could feel himself growing panicky, so he slowed down his breathing and started to count to ten. By the time he was at six, he was calm. A nearby Tannenbaum was glowing in the moonlight, and its branches seemed to be beckoning him over. That was the one. Sir Ratzelot went over and calmly leaned into the branches. Then he looked in the direction of Yuli and Dax and mouthed, Thank you. I will never forget you. Then he closed his eyes as the Tannenbaum wrapped around him and swept him back to Goop World. He felt himself being released from the Tannenbaum and looked up to find Messalina's playroom. Oh my, that was real. This playroom is magical. I must tell Messalina. Messalina, Messalina, where are you? He called out, but there was no answer. Messalina was far away, inside an old cello in northern Italy. But that is a tale for another time. So that's it for this episode of Goop Tales, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please go to iTunes and leave a review. You can go to gooptales.com forward slash reviews, where I have a little tutorial and a link to iTunes, just in case you don't know how to do that. And remember, you can also go to shop 
www.gooptales.com to get a t-shirt with your favorite goop on it. So that's all for this time. And I will see you next time where we join Messy Messalina in the bottom of a cello somewhere in Northern Italy. And remember, until then, make every day a goop day.